and host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with my guy, Salim Dweck, our Florida man fact checker. What's the deal, Salim? What's going on, everybody? And as always on Sundays, behind the Instagram live, Miss Kobe Rich. How we doing, Kobe? Gang, gang. Um, well, I'm going to actually hop right into it today. I'm going to hop right into it today. Celine, we stopped doing this for a cool little minute, and I think we're starting back today only because the energy is in the air, and I'm going to explain it to you guys right now what I mean. Uh, I want to say rest in peace to Earl Simmons, the human, first. Mm. Rest in peace. I want to say rest in peace to DMX, the artist, next. So my energy this morning, just to put it into perspective for everybody in this room, you guys knew. Uh, Salim, you were actually on the episode with me where we talked about uh, the X and Snoop uh, versus battle. And I told you guys about how my dad growing up, I mean, I felt like I had to pick a side. I mean, I didn't hear Nas in the house. I didn't hear Jay-Z in the house until the blueprint. Uh, I didn't hear Mob Deep in the house. I didn't hear I didn't hear any, I didn't hear any East Coast in the house. I think I picked DMX, right? You did. And... The interesting point part for me, when I look back, I said it during that live, or excuse me, during that podcast, that I didn't realize that X was from Yonkers. And you guys know I have no problem admitting what I don't know. Now, the funny thing is, I never thought to look. I never thought to look. X was always played in the house. Here's the reason why I say that. I mentioned all of this to say I was listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, and... um. Charlemagne the God had mentioned to Andrew Schultz. What do you think DMX means to New York? And from a fellow and from a fellow New Yorker, as Charlemagne is, well, fellow New Yorker at least now, Schultz said, I don't view DMX as a New Yorker. And the entire room turned their head and was like, What the hell are you talking about? It doesn't really get much more New York than DMX. Here's Schultz out. I understood his point. I forgot who else he compared him to. He said, but it's almost like, and he said the person's name, he said, it almost doesn't matter where they're from. They're them. You don't associate them with a place. They're bigger than any place. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why for me, realizing, I guess I, I should say re, being re-reminded, because I had to know as a kid, right? Maybe not. But... My energy this morning has been, you guys just, or actually both of you guys, just walked in in the middle of a DMX set, essentially. I couldn't do it the day that he passed. I wasn't going to do it. Same thing that happened with Nip. Long live Nip. Slaughtered on my chest now. So, this morning, just to tell you guys, I'm off of two hours of sleep. Two hours. And we're going we're gonna to get into specifics and what this show was, what we got for uh, today's show. But I want you guys to know what my energy was like when I walked into this Westgate uh, clubhouse today. When I walked in, I cut on all the TVs. I cut on DMX. I'm clearly wearing my marathon crew neck right now. That NBA TV, or that TV that's on NBA TV, just a moment ago, 
played Kobe's game winner against Phoenix. So for me, yes, Rajah Bell, yes, mm, that good, yeah. So as a Lake, well, you're not a Lakers fan, never mind. L.A. native, that helps. <laughs> I don't know if that helps. I was gonna say that series must not have been fun after that. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't care. <laughs> Made me no difference. Uh, like I said, Tim Thomas ball. Uh, but going back to the point, I felt like you guys know I believe in signs. I believe in in energies. I believe in all of that stuff. To be playing X, wearing nip, watching code, I don't feel like I'm off for two hours of sleep. So I pretty much been playing X for about an hour. I just want to go ahead and again, where we're gonna get into the life of DMX, the music of DMX, and everything else when we record our podcast later tonight. Shout out to the OD. Uh, but I do want to continue my little rant in a second, but we will after we talk about Westgate, which, of course, is our lovely home base. Talk That Talk talk that talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is now in month two. Month two of their baseball season's win challenge. Again, the Westgate is open right now. There's tellers at at least five, maybe six of the windows. So that means any of these tellers at any of these windows can let you know what's going on with this baseball season wins challenge. This last window is where you can place your bets, where you can pick up all of your official contest rules and your official waivers all here at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, which is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. You dig that? So I'm, I'm a <laughs> so I say all of that to say, guys, we talk all the time about people knowing us in person and knowing us on social media and things like that. I know me and Kobe had that conversation all the time. And for me, I find myself, and shout out to the OG. Let me do this now. Shout out to the OG Steve Weiss. Cause I thought about this this morning and brilliant lesson that he taught me. And this was a couple of years ago. And he asked me, why did I discuss so much sports on the Twitter timeline? And I said, why not? He said, I'm not telling you to lose who you are. He said, but you have a radio show, right? I said, yeah. He said, make everybody wait to listen to your opinion on your show. That's some of the best free game that the OG has given me. So I say all of that to say he told me that as I progressed in this, I'm going to realize that it's not even necessary to respond to everybody. So I say that to say this. Guys, this has nothing to do with sports. I promise I'm getting to sports in a second. Long live the legend that is Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. God bless the turf that is Crenshaw and Slauson. Two years ago, <laughs> Kobe, this happened two years ago. I think this happened in October of 2019. So this is, what, a year and a half? Regardless, way too long. When the game got his braids or whatever and everybody was killing him saying he wanted to be Nip, right? I seen a Twitter timeline, or a Twitter thread, excuse me, and somebody said, yeah, but Nip had four braids, though. I said, Okay. I said, so I'm thinking that the person is like, 
just talking about before he passed. Excuse. And my whole thing was, are you telling me that Nip didn't ever wear six braids in his hair? And everybody was telling me yes. Nip had four braids in his hair. Now, mind you, I want to start it off by saying this. With the exception of, I think, one, maybe two times that I met Nip, guess how many braids he had in his head? How many? Six. There you go. So I put in the thread. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not even going to argue. I said, I'm going to let Nip argue for himself. I said, I'm using Nip lyric. And I said, keep it hood like six braids and blue wave caps. The person responded to me and said, nah, he had four. What are we arguing about, fam? Yeah, it seems like a very specific thing to go at somebody for. I just told you that he said he kept it hood like six braids and blue wave caps. So what I said, what I thought was funny was two years later or a year and a half later, somebody posts a picture of Nip with four braids. All I want to know is what the hell does that prove? Because when I Googled Nipsey Hussle, I also found pictures of Nip with six braids. I'm not even going to get into the politics of why, I'm not even going to say why he changed it. All I'm going to say is the ideology behind if he changed it. Because Nip and Six is synonymous. I'm not going to say anything else on this radio show, but these are the reasons why I don't argue with people. Meanwhile, I'm realizing two of the people that I'm arguing with, and this happened a long time ago, I was arguing with somebody about Nip from Baltimore. No disrespect to Baltimore, but why am I arguing Nip facts with somebody from Baltimore? I'm not going to do it. Why am I doing this? Baltimore. So keep in mind, this thread that I'm having these conversations with, these two people, one is from Oakland and one is from Florida. That's great, bro. Shout out to both of them places. Here's my issue. I'm not arguing with the Oakland native about too short of E-40 facts. Right. I'm not arguing with you or the other Florida native about Trick Daddy or Trina facts. Celine, what do I look like arguing Kodak Black facts with you? I just found out he was from, uh, where did I just say, Pompano. Pompano, yeah. I just found that out last week. I thought I told you he was from there. You might have. That's, the, that's, the, that's even better. I'm not from there. So I just think it's real interesting that people on, when I, when I heard the nah he had four after I posted Nib lyrics, what do you want me to say to that? And he was <laughs> responding to something you posted two years ago? I didn't even post it. Somebody posted a, 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 a game, the game picture. Right, right. And he, uh, I think the Oakland native went under and said, but Nip had four braids. That tweet went off. Right. I let it go. But then I just went behind it, and I, I think I asked him in a separate thread, like, are you telling me that he didn't have six braids, whatever, whatever. He was like, yeah, he didn't have six braids, whatever, whatever. And that's when I posted the lyric. When I posted the lyric and he said, now nah, he had four, I stopped talking. You want me to try to convince you? I'm <laughs> not in the business of convincing people, guys. You, you got that. You got that, fam. But I woke up this morning, and when I Googled Nip and I seen the pictures with the six braids, I was like, it's a dangerous spot. We're in a dangerous spot when people can Google and literally leapfrog the opposition's point. 
Because you can literally Google Nipsey. I didn't even have to Google six braids. I didn't have to Google hair. He said in his lyrics. <laughs> that I didn't have to Google. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I knew uh, off rip. But that's fine, bro. Don't worry about it. Um, let's go ahead and start with my mom's tip in. I feel like this is the perfect time to get this energy out there now. Uh, let's see what we sh- let's see what she do. Where's she at? Oh. All right. Your life will get better when you realize it's better to be alone than to chase people who don't really care about you. Let me actually read that again because I, I, I thought that was over. Your life will get better when you realize it's better to be alone than to chase people who don't really care about you. Let me stop that one more time and let me just yeah, say Yeah, say, say it again. You want to do it again? Let's do it again. Thanks, Ma. Your life will get better when you realize it's better to be alone than to chase people who don't really care about you. Yeah. Uh, another good point is that a lot of times we think we want somebody. Uh, we don't. We just want them to want us for our own ego. I've been there. Like, once that chase is over This there is not a podcast, bro. Please stop lighting me up. Relax. Sorry. Yeah, but the chase. I don't want to do it. Kobe, did you say the chase, too? The thrill of the chase. No comment. No comment. No comment. I have so many comments. Um, thank you, Mom, for the tip in, as always. You know what? I don't... All right, Salim, I swear I'm done, bro. I swear. Um, last point. Do you guys remember when I went off about Peter Rosenberg and his top 50 list? Uh, I think so. No, actually, no, I don't think. I don't know. My memory is not. Hopefully, great. when I tell you, it, it rings a bell because Peter Rosenberg, who works for ESPN. He works for Hot 97. I didn't know he worked for ESPN. Yes. Peter Rosenberg has a large following. Yes, he's very famous. Very large following. A lot of people listen to what he says and take it as fact. You do with that what you will. Now, if you guys listen to the podcast, if you guys follow me on social media, you guys know how I feel about DJ Vlad. Um, I've never met DJ Vlad, so I won't say how I feel about him, but how I perceive him to be and how I feel about his platform. Um, absolutely. So Peter Rosenberg, DJ Academic, stop saying you're a journalist. Um, Peter Rosenberg. Oh, that's another. Yeah. Peter Rosenberg, when he made his top 50 list, I normally, I normally wouldn't care. I only care when you disrespect people that are either lower on your list or not on your list at all. For example, I don't listen to Rakim like that. I don't think Rakim is trash, but if I make my top 50 list, I know my dad is going to look at it and say, where the hell is Rakim? It's a generational thing, you know. So I understand it, right? I'm not going to diss Rakim because there's names on that list that came from Rakim and I wouldn't have if it wasn't for Rakim. I'm not the biggest fan of Nas. My favorite rapper is J. Cole. Get the irony? So I say all of that to say Peter Rosenberg had Nicki Minaj ahead of DMX. 
whether you agree or disagree, whatever the case may be. Here's my issue with what Peter Rosenberg said. Peter Rosenberg said, you can't convince me and you can't yell at me and you can't bully me into putting somebody over Nicki Minaj that barked through his entire career. Um, Fam. Peter, uh, Peter Rosenberg, when did he say this? This was like about two years ago. About two years. Look, I, I don't like him. I think a lot of the stuff he does and says on his show, like whenever you watch like Hot 97 interviews, you're like, man, this guy, Damn. I don't know how he has a job, but I, look, man, I think top 50 lists, especially with music. DMX might be in my top 10, personal top 10. It's it's so yeah I mean I, I love DMX it's just so like with any genre of music doing like a top fifty it's so difficult it is that's why I say you you gotta watch what you say about other people yeah because now when things like again long live X mm -hmm. long live Dark Man X because I go to P and this is this is what bothers me I do not in a time of X's passing want to think about no damn Peter Rosenberg I don't right. And the fact that I did... I don't ever want to think about Peter Rosenberg. Good point. It frustrates me. It frustrates me that I did think of it. Until you, like, mentioned his name today, I hadn't thought of him in a long time, so... Just whatever... Hey, man. It is what it is. Dude, music is, is just too... Uh, it's too personal. It's too subjective. Two number one albums in a calendar year. The guy was a legend. Deep cut. There's only one other person that's done that. And long live Pot. Yeah, long live. So, Peter. No, let's not even I'm talk about it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Let's move on. Uh, let's go ahead and shout out one of our sponsors right now. Let's talk about Center for the Young and Gifted, which will be a trilingual early childhood education center, which will teach English, Spanish, and Mandarin. Kobe, I don't know if you know this, but Mandarin is the fastest growing business language. Did you know that? How do you know that? That explains a lot. There we go. Gee, so I have two people in the room that's smarter than me. Well, I already knew that, but it doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> Center for the Young and Gifted will serve people that are from six weeks to six years of age. They will serve all of Los Angeles County and its surrounding areas. They are now enrolling for their 2021-2022 school year. The summer program availability will launch with this new website on May 1st, which is a Saturday. Again, 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 shout out to Center for the Young and Gifted. Owner, CEO, director, Tatiana Jordan. Shout out, gang, gang. Uh, I guess now we can get to sports? Yeah. I guess now we can do that. I'm done now. I'm done for now, at least. Th this podcast is going to be ridiculous tonight. I already feel it. I already feel it. Fam said, nah, he had four. Yeah, I said I posted his lyric, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? So I made it up? All right. Um, and for what it's worth, I'm laughing because, like I said, what I told Salim off uh, air, I mean, off the, uh, mic was there's no way that I'm going to come in on a day like this and say DMX never wore black tins. Yeah, because, like, first of all, it's not relevant at all whether DMX wore black tins or baby blue tins or, or the butters, the classic. Yeah, like it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. Second of all, like, is that what you're arguing with me about? Fam. Like, don't so, you have like some laundry to do? <laughs> you got the dishes. A bill to pay? Dishes piling up. You gotta you gotta do something. Go watch bro. a video on YouTube or something. Don't Doesn't your dog need to go outside? Yeah, your dog's just like yeah, it's dog just sitting there. It's a horror. So, I mean, where are we starting, bro? I'm sorry. Uh, you wanna you wanna be baseball? 
Yes, UNLV baseball. We started talking about the baseball season's challenge, so I think it's best that we start off with some local news, as always, and we're going to start with the hometown team, right? Let's talk Stan Stolte and his UNLV Rebels. Um, Salim, do you remember the last time you did a check-in on the, Re on the uh, Rebel baseball team? be honest with you, bro. No? No. I want to say we did one, and it was – and the team was eight and seven. I want to say. I could be wrong. I want to say it was eight and seven. So I just want to give you an update on that team. You ready? Mm. I hope you didn't look it up, but just wait for it. The team is now 14 and seven. Okay. So that means they won their last six games. Good, good. They just completed a three-game sweep of Pacific, outscoring the team 21 to six in the three games, winning the, the – Series finale, ten nothing. Right. The team is nine and six in the Mountain West Conference, twelve and two at home. Two and five on the road. A good UNLV team. Wow. You know what's funny though, and we don't talk about it enough. Um, we talk about wanting honesty and loving honesty, and I know for for a fact with you. I've seen you conduct interviews. I've seen both of you guys conduct interviews. And I know it to be true, but Salim, I know for sure with you. The more honest a person is with you, the better the interview is going to be. Yeah, 100%. So I don't know if it's just the fact that you don't like being BS or you can just smell BS, so you're going to say it. But you attract more sh flies with sugar than you do. Exactly, right? So, I say that to say Stan Stolte has literally walked out to come do interviews with me. And you, if you guys haven't, kind of don't know the way baseball season works, um, I'm not sure how everybody else conducts their interviews. But for me, when I was covering the team at UNLV, as soon as the game is over, I'm headed to the uh, to the uh, bullpen. And when I head to the bullpen, coach is going to go in there. He's going to address the team, and coach is going to come out and talk to me. I think maybe one time coach couldn't come out. And it was something I think that he had to, like, it was an emergency he had to go get to. Coach has come out after 10 run losses, after 10 run wins. So I say all of that to say it doesn't surprise me. If you know about Stan Soti's history, this man is a championship winning coach up at Reno. Sounds professional. It's hard to be professional after you come, out, come off a bad loss, but. You do it. You should do it. <laughs> Look, I mean, college aside, because people, aside from coaches, coaches do get paid and pretty penny, but I mean, in professional sports in general, this might be the media member in me talking. Most journalists, like beat writers, they're getting paid like 30 to 40 grand a year. They're on a grind. Like, the least you can do is after a game, just talk to them for like a couple minutes. Like, j you're, making Don't much. you're making millions of dollars. Like, I don't know. I, sometimes I, I just find, like, when players uh, go at reporters for, like, the littlest things, like Devin Booker, like, last month, going after the reporter who couldn't really speak English that well. Like, you look you look lame. Like, these guys aren't getting paid very Salim, much. I, I'm, I'm going to stop you for one quick second, and I probably shouldn't. You – I just want to mention really quick that you – 
I thought you were gonna say something else. First of all, you could have said a, a, you could have said that a, a many different ways, but you're one. I keep telling you, bro, you're one of one. Everything that you're saying right now is necessary. So I say that to say, like when we talk about the podcast, when we talk about this radio show. I don't think I've had a person come up to me and tell me that I'm their favorite person on either show yet, and I love it. People love Caprice on the podcast. People love you on this radio show. All That's right. it. I just want you to. I just want you you're, to. You're wanted the, to tell you you're never. You're the brains change. of the operation, man. So I don't know about that. I just want to tell you never change. That's it. So it's like reporters are getting paid thirty to forty grand a year. It's a you're. I mean, if anybody out there is a beat reporter, they can tell you when you're traveling with a team, it's a grind. So you, you have a bad it. game. I mean, yes, yeah, some reporters you may not like, but you go out there and be professional, man. It's not that. It's not that difficult. I think also people, <laughs> I don't want to say any names. I think also people misconstrue the fact that we're, we have an audience. We have a job to do. A lot of us don't personally care about you. Yeah. No, like I don't, <laughs> I don't care, like necessarily care about going after a game and, you know, oh yeah, we executed, taking it one game at a time. Like, bro, I, I don't really care, but I have a job to do. Like. It is what it is. I know the answer. I'm embedded with the team. Trust me. Yeah, like like I, we, me and certain coaches, me and certain players have laughed about certain things off camera, and then a the moment the cameras come on, it's like, yeah, man. Well, you know, we just have to fight hard. I mean, coach told us that it was about preparation. Fan, we just had a real conversation off air. Me, Mike, and Gabe McCoy said on Instagram Live, and they agree with me. I told them a while ago. I said it on this radio show. Any reporter or analyst. That tells you that they relay every conversation that they have with athletes, one of two things is true. A, they won't be a reporter for much longer. Yeah, exactly. Or B, they're lying. And I think it's B. Because like I said on that Instagram Live with Mike and Gabe, some of the best stories are the ones that I can't tell. I just told a story on Facebook maybe a week ago from something that happened in high school 12 years ago. Yeah, I mean, some of the best stories you read about years later when people write their books. Yeah. Either reporters or. When I know tensions aren't high anymore. Yeah, you can't, you know. When when things have cooled down years later, you write it in a book or you save it. uh, Like Steve Weitz told you, like, you know, if you want my opinions, uh, you know. So to speak, you got to come to my platforms for it. But yeah, like I personally love when like former beat right. Like you ever read that book, The Jordan Rules? No, it was by. I, uh, and you know, what's funny. I know certain parts from it and I don't know why. I feel like I, I read it when read I was it 15. It's still one of my entirety. favorite books I've ever read. Really? Yeah. You still got it? I might. Let if I do, I'll, I'll, Let me I'll get that. Yeah. Um, but it was just great. Like you, you read things that obviously they can't publish while like, you know, the team is going through it right um but yeah it was by sam smith legendary uh, i did read that book horace grant is the um is the uh scapegoat behind that yeah i did read that i did read that i did read that um I read and that just for what it's worth got continue read that almost like eight nine years ago and that was like do you think horace grant is a scapegoat you're a journalist tell me your we shouldn't be talking yeah, about this, i think he got a lot of a lot of the blame for things that uh I don't know, man. We, anybody who watched that thirty for thirty, not thirty for thirty, you know what I mean. The the documentary, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. 
They won. That's all you can say. They won. <laughs> they won six titles. You can't really say anything. But yeah, everything else, I guess, doesn't matter, right? Yeah. This is what I will say about it. As a journalist, I just love the fact that every journalist kind of thinks the same. Like you said, Horace may have done some. Yeah, you may have told him some stuff. Cool. I'm not even from Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. I've never covered the Bulls. Never talked to Horace Grant, Jordan, Pippen, all of them people. I know that Horace Grant wasn't the only one giving information. Of course. How do I know? Because I've been around multiple teams. And around every team, it's more than one source. Trust me. Michael Jordan, you know, we, we all know. One of the greatest, if not the greatest. I, I go back and forth with him and LeBron. That's my own personal take. I'm not here to argue. The past couple of years, who's going to argue with you about LeBron? Well, so people will. My, <laughs> my point is that, look, we all know how great he is, but just watching that documentary or reading things, we know that Horace could not have been the only one frustrated. Couldn't have been. Uh, the Ringer did an article of three, four years ago called uh, The Jordan Rules Was the Mother of All Woj Bombs. And that's what I mean, like, so, Literally. When, when, like you said, like uh, reporters are not going to give you every story because one, they can't in the moment; they would lose access, and then. But yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So I guess we could leave it there. Yeah. Um. Stan Stolte is one of those guys, and the funny thing is, we respect, and that's why I brought him up because, or that's why I brought up all of this because, Stan is one of those guys that go on record, and say, "Yeah, this is what I said." We've talked last season, Chase is doing better this year, at least at the start of the year. I haven't looked at his numbers recently, but Chase Maddox, who was a son of Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox. Jeez Louise, I don't know what's going on with me. All I've drank is water today. Um, Chase had games where I'm talking six. He's not not a powerful pitcher. He's not going to overwhelm you at the plate. He's not going to blow it by you nine times out of ten. But let's say six innings, six strikeouts, two hits, one earned. Great game, right? Then the next game, three innings pitched, two Ks, eight hits, six early runs. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Stan Stolte was the one who used roller coaster the most probably. So I say all of that to say that this team never plays their record. Never plays their record. And – you can tell that they never plays their that they never play their record and they don't play rankings because on March 16th, this team went to Arizona State, who was at the time number 11, and brought back a 10 and 9 victory. So, we mentioned Kyle Isbell from um, the Royals, the Kansas City Royals, right? We've mentioned Bryson Stott for the Philadelphia Phillies. Shout out to Bryce Harper. So we've seen what this program can do, what this program can produce. There was a game that was postponed on uh, two weeks later on March 30th. That game will be made up on April 13th, which is Tuesday, when they play, I believe, Arizona State is now uh, number 14 in the country. Now they come here. They come to the Valley. The interesting point about me bringing that up, guys, is that they're going to play at Las Vegas Ballpark. That would be the first time this season that this UNLV Rebels team will play in front of fans that are not family and friends. I believe that the uh, game is already sold out. There were limited tickets. Las Vegas Ballpark, is that um, Summerlin? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, 
Um, I would say come out if you can, but <laughs> if you got tickets, we'll see you there. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited just to see what this team does. I'm, I'm excited to see what this team looks like. Um, I'm excited to hear fans in a building again. Or stadium, same difference. I'm excited just to hear fans in general. Uh, Salim. Right. Where are we going from here? We're not going to go here. i just like to mention that uh, Marlins, <laughs> Marlins beat the Mets uh, yesterday. So that was good. Trevor Rogers. I mean, <laughs> DeGrom, 14 strikeouts. Trevor Rogers, uh, he did a great job for Miami, too. Jazz Chisholm hit a home run. You know my thing about Miami? Yeah. It's similar to what I've done with the Braves. I've watched you guys' farm system for so long. They're t- look, the Marlins are 2-6 and six right now. Not a great start. However, they did have opening series against the Rays, the Cardinals, and now the Mets. And then the Braves starting tomorrow. I- it's brutal starting off. But, uh, you know, April baseball is always pretty interesting. But let's move on. Um, April, bo- April, April baseball is interesting because the Angels look good. No, April baseball is just always interesting because it's like. Can I have anything? Yeah, sure. Shohei Otani's going to be a superstar, I think, anyway. I'm being serious there. I would love to be serious there, too. But, like, for instance, the game that we just saw, my dad mentioned it. I think, was it that night that he had that tip in about Shohei? Yeah, yeah, he did. I think it was that night. That night, Sunday night baseball, Shohei goes out, he's a starting pitcher, blazes through the top of the first, bats second. And it's a 400-foot home run. I told my dad, this is, this is great. This is, what I'm, this is what he can do. I said, I still don't think he needs to be doing both. And then what happened that game? There's a play at the plate, and he leaves with an ankle injury. Yeah, that was a weird play. I, I'll say this. I think eventually Shohei should be a reliever. Have him hit and have him, have him be a reliever. Maybe that would – okay, I think all right, that'd be a all good right, medium. all right. I think all that'd right. be a good medium. Because now you're not putting the entire stress on – but again – Can you imagine having a reliever who's throwing 101 at you? That's every reliever now. Yeah, that's true. That's Bruce Dark Gratterall right now. Yeah, <laughs> right, <true>. now. <laughs> right now. Right <laughs> now. Shohei has stuff that – Hell, I, that might be Randy Johnson right now still. Either way, uh, I, w- I would say if you're going to continue to have Shohei pitch, his, his bat is great, uh, I would say – have him as a reliever. That's something I can get with. The Angels haven't had anybody on the back end of their bullpen for quite some time. Either, you know, your closer, somebody to come in in the eighth inning. A setup. Setup, man. That's a brilliant idea. Selene, can you do me a favor and go run the Angels? What happened? Can you do me a favor and go run the Angels? Yeah, and and you know what else helps? That Mike Trout guy is still pretty good. I think so. Yeah, I think he's still solid. I like how he was batting like 400, and he's like, yeah, the swing is getting there. You know, yeah, got to get in the swing of things. No pun. Yeah. Um, I, there's no way I'm going to talk about pitching and not mention one of my favorite pitchers of all time. I want to say rest in peace and long live to Doc Holliday. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. I saw him in person one once. Pro- Don't play with me. He was uh, one of these summers when you can get Marlins ticket for two dollars when it's July and the Marlins are bad. Can. Nobody cares. I saw Doc <laughs> Holliday pitch in person, man. It was something special. 
I don't know how many. I don't remember, but he was striking dudes out left and right. That's that's Doc. I think he made Dan Ugly look like. Yeah. Uh, I Can I ask a question? Did Dan Ugly and uh, Robinson Cano start the power middle infielder? I don't know, man. But Dan Ugly was crazy at the plate. Like he was not like home run or strikeout. He was gonna sh- he was gonna strike out a <laughs> lot, but when he would man, him and Hanram. For what it's worth. My dad's favorite number is 13. Hanley Ramirez is one of his favorite players of all time. When Hanley got to the Dodgers and wore number 13, my dad lost it, bro. He like bought he a jersey. It. Oh, 100. I bought it for him. I made sure to get it for him. Uh, so, good luck to the UNLV running. Uh, well, are they still the running Rebels if it's not basketball? No, right? Uh, I guess you run in baseball, kind of. I, 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 you right. got to run the first, run the second. <laughs> So, shout-out to the UNLV Rebels. Shout-out to the baseball team again on Tuesday. We'll host the number 14 Arizona State. Excuse me. Uh, the Arizona State baseball team from Las Vegas Ballpark. Celine, we got about 20 minutes left in this. Can we go to uh, – oh, wait, we're doing WNBA. WNBA. We're doing WNBA now. Bet, 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 bet. Um, uniforms. Can we start there? Yeah. Yeah, you see the new Chicago one? I'm not going to hold you, bro. I'm a homer. I haven't paid attention to anybody that's not the Aces or the Sparks. Hold on, I'll pull it up. I ain't going to hold you. Wait, the New York Liberty, they have equality on one of their jerseys, right? I didn't see that, but I'll I'll, I'll check. You said Chicago. Chicago. I know Washington has the Rise jerseys with the uh, script from the 19th Amendment in there, which is fire. That's fire. That is pretty good. That's That might be the best jersey, and I – I'm a homer. I said that black is special, the Aces jersey, but that you DC see, Rise sure jersey is crazy. The orange WNBA hoodie? Yes. I want one so badly. They're gone. Yeah, I know. I haven't been able to. They're gone. The moment that Kobe Bryant wore one, <laughs> they're gone. Yeah. Like, Trey Young has one. <laughs> like, John Morant got one. Brown got like 12, probably. Like, that's, I don't know, man. Us normal people, we can't get them anymore. Hopefully, by the winter when I actually need a jacket again. Or you can be like me and wear crew necks in the summer. You're braver than me, my friend. I, I'm uh, from L.A., bro. I just once I walk out the I've house noticed, with something on, I've noticed I'm people not from L.A. Like no matter what, they just they they have a hoodie on. We dress the way we dress. Like it'd be like 90 degrees in the summer, and you just gotta, gotta got a hoodie on with no shirt under it. It is what it is. Got a hoodie on though. Um, so let, let let's talk about the uniforms really quick. Um, I need an ice bath just listening to that. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe because I'm used to the humidity in Florida. That just sounds like. True. I would never do it in Texas. I would never do it in Texas. Texas or Florida. you. I would never do it in Texas. That's insane. Shout out to Justice Olu Wasion. I want to yes. be right. Yes. I want to be right. He was great. Justice is the. Bro. Are we, are we going to get his announcement on here? Yeah. Yeah. We're working on um the announcement video now. That's what okay. we're working on right now in the process of tightening some things up. But yes, we are. Uh, according to him, he told me he's committed. So we know uh, we know that he's he's made his decision at the very least. He hasn't announced it yet. But you uh, did you bring up the Chicago jerseys? Uh, yeah, I don't. Can you turn it around if need be? Or maybe you could describe it to me. Maybe I'll remember. Yeah, I thought they got new. I don't know what happened. I thought they got new ones. But, yeah, it's. Everybody uh, got three new ones, I thought. I can't find it. Okay. So I, I thought everybody definitely got their new uniforms, got their new jerseys. Um. Let's talk the home team. The red jerseys look probably closest to the jerseys from last year. Aside from that, do you have a favorite? 
Um, I haven't actually seen them yet. Our jerseys? Yeah, I haven't. You need to go look I'm those extra jerseys right up. now. Please, please, please. The black. I, you guys know how I feel. I feel like simplicity is key. So, the black jerseys are clean to me. I think okay, just the yeah. black and I'm gold is up, nice. I'm gonna pull up that, and then uh, ESPN.com has the uh, has all the jerseys. Beautiful, so a, beautiful. So let's talk about the bigger thing at hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you see, it. you know what? I'm gonna send you this link. Okay, cool. So Kobe, this was not something that I planned on bringing up to you, Celine. You can uh, hand her the mic. You might have to get a little bit closer. Um, you do weightlifting. I do. I dabble. A little bit. <laughs> world record holder, and you're dabbling. <laughs> I understand. Um. State record. State record holder, excuse me. And three time. Not a big deal. Three of them. Three of them. Three of them things. Do you see why I tell you, bro? Like, when people tell me about certain things, if you want to talk to me about records and rings and stuff, I'm like, fam. Alex, Kobe, somebody. <laughs> Duna, somebody help. Um, So, I wanted you to um, hop on for a quick second because we're talking about the WNBA. We're talking about their new uniforms and things like that. Right. Um, I haven't – maybe you can help me out, Celine, later on. But uh, Megan Rapino and uh, Draymond Green, they've had conversations about wage disputes and things like that. We already know how we, how we feel over here at Talk That Talk. One of the biggest things have always been advertising, marketing. Can um, women – sports and women athletics bring in the revenue dollar, bring in ad dollars, stuff like that. In the world of weightlifting, I know you've dealt with certain things. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of enlighten us to what or what some of those hardships are like? Um, in terms of like weightlifting, it's hard because you have, like, I would say two separate groups of women in weightlifting. You have obviously women who are strength training and trying to compete like on that higher level and just push as big of numbers as they can, regardless of aesthetics. And then you have the women that you see on Instagram with hundreds of thousands of followers who don't care how much weight they're pushing. It's just all about aesthetics and the way they look to them. So mm. it's less like compound lifts, less squat, deadlift, bench. And it's more, okay, I'm going to use cables and get this booty pump in like <laughs> type vibe. So it's really different in terms of like being in the gym and working in the gym every single day. It's tough just because <laughs> literally I deal with this every single day, even today. It's hard because you know everyone and because you work in a gym and essentially like the way you look in your body is a selling point for other people. It's hard not to be commodified in that sense. So I promise you I know every person that walks in and out of that door. Because they make it a point to talk to you. They make it a point to talk <laughs> to me. They all follow me on Instagram. We have NFL players, former NFL players, yeah. like big-time bodybuilders. And, you know, they're hitting me up asking, like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go to the pool, like even today. Um, I'm not going to name drop or anything like that. It's <laughs> nothing crazy. But um, I just think, like, of course, men have historically, they've always worked out. It's always been, like, a bro thing. Right. And uh, in terms of women, it's less about the lifting and more about the sexualization, I guess you could say. So when you walked in and you told them what you're uh, – and, and I was with you on your journey and kind of just figuring out how you wanted to do it, mm -hmm. um, you were a little unsure at first. Right. Um, going into it, when you decided and you made up your mind and you were like, 
okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to push for. Mm-hmm. When you set your goal and your benchmarks, did you have people in the gym that kind of looked at you like, you're not serious? Yeah, um, especially because I only got into working out just as like an outlet to stay active after I had finished playing softball for 10 years. Um, it's definitely a super, super up and down thing. Like a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, you can be in the gym two three hours a day which is a struggle in its own but then you have to like watch and track everything you eat for the rest of the 24 hours of the day and it's more of like a mental thing than anything else like your body can do more than more than you think it would but it's ultimately it's just taking that discipline to make sure you're getting in your gallon of water to make sure you're hitting your calorie mark to make sure you're getting eight hours of sleep a night it all goes in into that and it's more than just like being in the gym so a lot of people just don't realize that it's around the clock type deal i love the people i'm around that's it that's all i want to say <laughs> kobe you're the greatest so underrated. Mm-hmm. i don't get my sleep bro i don't bro i i try i try i swear i try i told myself i was gonna go home i think we're recording the pod tonight at eight i was gonna go home take a nap before the pod watch me get tired around six o'clock watch I'm going to get tired like an hour before the podcast. Um, Kobe, do you have anything else for us on this? As far as the WNBA, we talked about wage gaps. We talk, I want you to kind of have the floor for a little bit. Yeah. So you participated in competitions? Yeah. Um, yeah, mostly. I mean, obviously you can travel to wherever your, like, your means of traveling are, mostly just in Vegas. Um, in terms of like the WNBA and wage gap and things like that, I mean, pfft. I mean, that's something we've never s- not seen that. Like, and will we ever not? I don't know. So, hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. All right. And we'll we'll get out of here after this one, Kobe. But we already know for a fact. Like, we've talked about just some of the things that it's not just that. We, we, we've talked about just racial issues. We've talked about gender issues. We've talked about societal issues. We've talked right. about just everything. And, um... I think we talked about it most when I told you I got in an Uber and somebody was like, not to be rude, but like, how does it feel to like live over here? And I was like, live where? And they were like, well, I mean, I'm, I just moved here, but they consider this like, they told me this was the ghetto. And me and Salim don't live too far from each other. So I hit Salim fast and was like, fam, I don't know what you saw in Florida. But in comparison to what I saw in L.A., dog, this is a paradise. I don't hear helicopters. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, but I couldn't tell you the last time I heard a gunshot. So, it, we again, societal, racial, gender, we, we talk about all of them. Right. You have shocked a lot of people by going to, um, I don't even want to say intern, but volunteer. Uh, whether it was, was it gang rehabilitation? Yeah, youth gang rehabilitation. Youth gang rehabilitation. So, You've done some things that's just off script, that off that's off camera, that people would not know about. But again, mm-hmm. they see you, they they look at you, and they assume 199 things just by looking at you. Mm-hmm. Again, and then they see me, and they don't assume business owner. But all of these things are fine. That's what we're here for. Um, I just kind of wanted to open the floor to you and and definitely um, give you an opportunity to kind of just speak your piece. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what Draymond said. I don't want to talk about what Draymond said. Um, but the arguments of advertising, it, it's true. It, I, I do understand the arguments of are people going to advertise with the um, w- for the sport. However, I feel like before we get to that issue, we have to address 
the bigger issue. For instance, everybody on campus that's happy that Hey Reb is gone. Right. You still have black people on campus that feel uncomfortable. Right. What did getting rid of the mascot do? So I tell people, you just got to start certain places. So the reason why I say it doesn't really matter what Draymond Green says, because um, I've seen a lot of people arguing about the ad dollars. Regardless of that, you know what the WNBA needs to do? Has nothing to do with the players. The WNBA itself, the league itself. Celine, we had this conversation before. Game five of the WNBA finals when the, uh, excuse me, when the Washington Mystics won their title against the Connecticut Sun, I believe. Do you remember what that game was uh, went up against? I will tell you the two things that that game went up against. That Hell, it might have been three things. Because I think it was a basketball game when I don't remember which one it was. But it was Thursday night football. Right. So it was the Patriots versus the Giants. And Tom Brady had the chance to tie a record, I believe. Who's not going to watch that? And then the other one was game four between the Washington Nationals and the L.A. Dodgers. Why? Why? The WNBA already takes place during a season where not much is not much else is going on. A lot of people don't pay attention to baseball until the, until the All-Star break, which is middle of July. That's why uh, April baseball is always pretty good. Exactly. Kobe, you got anything else for us? I'm sorry. I just wanted to go ahead and rant about that. But we we continue to see the, the gaps all of these different yeah. places. But if the league, the NCAA, what we just saw with the with the women's tournament, if these leagues don't put these women in better positions to be seen, what what are we what are we talking about? Yeah, I would I would just say that the difference really between um like striving for like actual predominant change and just making like slight efforts like you were saying in terms of the hey reb statue you would only know if you're really passionate about whatever injustice it is you're fighting for whether it be social injustice racial injustice gender injustice there's a huge difference between actually being passionate and advocating for real societal change and then just being like a casual advocate Hmm. um and you'd only know the difference if you really were passionate because a lot of um like more casual um believers in like advocating for injustice will they they won't realize the difference they'll think they're doing their part by making small strides like sure yeah if you take down the statue i mean it it is showing an effort but what is at the end of the day what does that really do right and only someone who's passionate about um like real change would know that that's just like a very very small step in terms of the like the grand scheme of it all so absolutely and I had a joke. I was going to say, um, I don't know if you remember this. When we first met, we went to a party. Mm-hmm. I remember. Do you remember the, com- the comment when we were walking back to the car? I never heard the comment. I remember you saying, did you hear that? And I was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> All right, because we just talked about what, what, what we talk about, literally, yeah. whether it's wage gaps, whether it's <laughs> youth rehabilitation centers. All of these different things. Mm-hmm. Somebody, while, while we were walking out, I won't say which frat house it was. It doesn't matter. While we were walking out. I vividly remember this night, yes, too. It was, <laughs> yes. And somebody said, as we're walking out, somebody was like, hey, want to join our frat? But they clearly they weren't asking me. They were kind of a little sarcastic. So I kept walking. Somebody laughed and was like, fam, why would he join the frat? He's already walking with what we joined the frat for. Wow. 
That's really funny. <laughs> and I was walking and was like. First of all, it was hilarious. First of all. <laughs> but second of all, I was just like, fam, y'all are so. The priorities are so. Unstrained. They're so off. They're so off. And it's just funny because now I'm getting into a podcast conversation. But oh, yeah. yeah, this is this is it's just funny because when I see people lead like that, I wa- it doesn't shock me why they keep the company they keep. Especially if you remember all the other events that occurred that night, too. All of them. All of them. Maybe I'll tell that story on the <laughs> podcast. That was a nuts night. Um, Kobe, you got anything else for us? Nope, that's it. Kobe, you're the greatest. Salim, um, you sent me these jerseys, and I actually do kind of want to break these down really quick. Maybe you know a little bit more about them, because I know a lot of them have, like, their specific uh, – um, What's the word? There's specific um, intricate details to each ring. I mean, to each uh, jersey. So I definitely want to talk about that really quick. But we'll do that in the second hour. We'll talk about our that's out there now with Chris Paul. We'll preview some of the NBA playoffs because I think nothing. Now we can kind of get an idea to where we can kind of start seating people off right now. Yeah. Um. And then I think I do want to uh, try to get a chance to talk about some VGK if we can. Again, this uh, episode is what? The fourth episode, I think, that has been sponsored by Center for the Young and Gifted, which is serving all of Los Angeles County and its surrounding areas. Now enrolling for the 2021-2022 school year, their summer program availability will launch when they launch their new website on Saturday, May 1st. Again, shout out to CEO, director, um, and owner. That was the last one. Tatiana Jordan, Center for the Young and Gifted. We will be right back with our number two of Talk That Talk. Again, Salim, Jersey Talk, Aces Talk. I want to talk about the Dodger rings, if we can. If we can. Yeah. If we can. Uh, And then the NBA, man. A whole lot of that, yeah? Yeah. All right. Our number two of Talk That Talk, coming up soon. Talk That Talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Uh, I want to start this second hour by saying shout out to my sister Evelyn for doing my hair. I appreciate you. Sister, you're the greatest. Um... Starting with aces, starting back with the with the jerseys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that you've seen them, so let's do it. So we're scrolling down this ESPN story where they're rolling out their new Nike jerseys, and it's for the 25th anniversary of the of the league. And I'm scrolling through right now. You mentioned the the, the Chicago jerseys. They give you Hornet vibes, no? They do. That's what I was going to say. They yeah. give me Mad Buzz City vibes. Okay, so we're scrolling. If you've had the chance to check them out, uh, or if you haven't had the chance to check them out, please check them out. Um, the Connecticut Suns jersey is interesting. The Indiana Fever jersey with the Stranger theme aesthetic. How do we feel about that? I love it. Fam, that is so fire. I love it. That's the, such a fire uniform scheme. You know I like the red one, of course. The Aces jersey I think is clean. I think it literally looks like Bet MGM for a reason, and that's the only time I'm going to say that while I'm sitting in the lovely Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. I, I like the black one, but the red, the new red one's my fave. 
okay, so does the red one give you last year, or not last year, but last uh, uniform vibes? That's like the closest one I feel like to the original. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like it a lot more than the one last year, honestly. Do you like the fact that these jerseys that we're all naming right now, they don't have the advertising though, advertisements on the front? I like that. I uh, My favorite athlete and uh, my favorite uh, uniforms in professional sports right now. That's hard as hell. Celine. Current Atlanta Hawks. Write it, write it down. Write it down. No, say your answers, but write that down. This is a pie pocket conversation. We're doing this this week. I'll write it down, but we got to do this this week. The Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks throwback kind of jersey. You know what I'm talking about? The one from this year. Those are your favorites, bro. I love those. You could have said the Atlanta Falcons. No, Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Falcons retros, the one that no, Vic Atlanta used to Hawks. wear. So did I say Falcons? No, I said Falcons. Oh, I'm disagreeing with you. Oh, I'm no. taking Michael Vick's Atlanta Falcons oh, uniforms. The, black ones? Before. the the red ones, the white ones, any of them. But the when Vic played. But no, the Atlanta Hawks jersey that they're kind of wearing this year. Mm-hmm. Like the red and – I don't know. I'll show you. Yeah, no, nah, the red and yellow ones. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. What else you like? Those and then the Miami Vice. Not this year's Miami Vice. The last year's one? Yeah, I like that one too. The last year, either the black or the tur- turquoise one. I like that Those one. Those are great. And then they're not a professional team anymore, unfortunately, but the Supersonics. The green, green is my favorite color. That's a mean uniform. Yeah, bro. the green and yellow. That's a mean with color the s- scheme. Seattle skyline. I think it's nice. Yeah, I think it's nice. Those are, those are my favorite uniforms. I'm gonna go back. Uh, I like the Bucks purple one, the Ray Allen purple Bucks. Oh, one. I love that one too, and the current Charlotte Hornets jerseys. Yeah, these are fire. Oh my these god, these are fire. I like these a lot. I I really hope they stick with them. Um, uh, what else do I like? I like the Detroit Pistons red jerseys when uh, they were making their run in like the the mid two thousands. Oh, I yeah, like those yeah, red yeah. ones. They just clean, just clean, simple. Every time I see them, I think about that that team. Uh, what else do I like? What else do I like? The Golden State Warriors. Now that they're on the screen, their uh, Oakland throwback jerseys are beautiful. Those are nice. Those are nice. So, just continuing to go through these, I love the way the Sparks kind of play off. I feel like maybe they don't, don't want to say it, or maybe they don't want to um, link the two, but I love how the uh, Sparks jersey kind of play off of the Mamba jerseys. Uh, we see Minnesota. We mentioned the New York Liberties with equality on the front of their jersey. The Phoenix Mercury. Oh, Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns. <laughs> every jersey, every uniform combination that they have, I'm rocking with the Suns. The Mercury might be up there with them. So, again, I think the, my one of my favorites out of here, again, we're going to end with is the Washington uh, Mystics with their Rise jerseys. So, Salim, let's talk about something that actually matters, right, aside from uniforms. Let's talk about this draft, dog. <laughs> Salim, you are one of the funniest people just to cover a sport in general. Um, <laughs> you mentioned – Bill Lambeer's coaching style. Yeah. And you said that Bill Lambeer continues to show that he's essentially a member of the Bad Boy Pistons by having his team refuse to take three-point jump shots. Yeah. So is number one, is point A, is the first bullet point, is the first marker, all of these different things, all of these answers, is the first answer shooting? 
I think they should. That's just my opinion, of course. It is what it is. So. Oh, well. <laughs> Why do you talk about the Aces like they're UNLV basketball? No, I mean, they're very good. Um, I just, you know, if you're going to make it, you need shooting. Run these teams out of the gym. Hmm. Speaking of running these teams out of the gym, uh, I want to talk to you guys about these mock drafts. One in particular, I'm going to go to ESPN's. ESPN's mock draft has the Aces, of course, picking last, mm-hmm. 12 spot. They have them taking Dejanae Carrington, who is a shooting guard from Baylor. So if you know that infamous non-call, can we see – and maybe not even say that. Let me not even say that because I want to say that was Dejanae, and I could be wrong. Um, so you mentioned three-point shooting. Dejanae Carrington, last year at Baylor, shot 29% from three. Does that get the job done like you were asking for? No, no. Not at all? No. You don't have to say that. That's not going to do it. I didn't like the way you said that. Yeah, Um, it's not going to be good enough. In the second round, the Aces pick 14th, and they have Auburn's Unique Thomas, who is a power forward coming off the board. Um, You already have – Asia Wilson, you're right. unsure of what's going on with Liz Cambage. Is this a potential pick that will play right away? Mm. Or are you considering this pick to be something that is more, I don't even want to say long term, but. Developmental. I don't even want to say that. I guess I guess I will say longer term, and of course we when we say long term in today's sports, you only got what two years, two three years, yeah, before you got to start doing something. So yeah, that's what yeah, I mean yeah. when I say long term. Do you feel like Unique Thomas is going to be somebody that they try to plug and play right now, or do you feel like they're looking to a, a Liz Cambage to come back and or or a Asia Wilson? Um, you know what it is. I, I haven't watched enough. I haven't, but you need shooting. I think if Liz is coming back, then uh, that helps. That helps a lot. Then you won't necessarily need, you know, I don't know, man. Well, I will tell you this. The team needs shooting. The last pick of the draft belongs to the Aces, and that's the 36th pick. And currently they have point guard Michaela Kelly from Central Michigan slated to go to the Aces, who shot 36% from three. Mm. You like that one? I like that. We shall see what these aces go with. Again, uh, I just want to tell you, I just want to just say this random fact. Mm. Andrew McCautry. And this is why I'm going to go back to that Peter Rosenberg point, because (laughs) actually, I'm definitely going back to the Peter Rosenberg point. I know you hate him. Hate is a strong word. Very true. I just don't really care for him. I know you hate that I'm doing this, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if Peter Rosenberg wanted to point to numbers, you still would have been wrong about DMX. <laughs> but I say all of that to say, just like the Peter Rosenberg point, 
I'm going to give you a stat about Andrew McCautry right now. Is Andrew, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions first. Mm-hmm. Is Andrew McCautry not one of the greatest uh, women's basketball players to ever play the game? She is. Who holds – damn, I think Brianna Stewart might have broke it. But who holds the uh, final scoring record in the WNBA? Unless Brianna Stewart just took that title, that record was held by Andrew McCautry, 41 points. In the finals? Yes. Do you know that Andrew McCautry has been to three WNBA finals? Her record is 0-9. and nine. So what I say all of that to say, if somebody tried to hit me with a Peter Rosenberg level of disrespect line for Andrew McCautry because of her finals record, Andrew McCautry is one of the greatest to ever do it. I agree with you. I just want to point that out. Uh, do we get into – this is an interesting topic. You said favorite jerseys. I'm, we're doing that pop pocket conversation. I'm going to see if Tyler can come down and do it. Um, and do it too, actually. Um, so can we go to NBA now? Let's, let's go to NBA. Let's go to NBA. So before we go to NBA, of course, let's highlight Center for the Young and Gifted once again. Owner, director, CEO, Tatiana Jordan. Uh, this trilingual early childhood center that literally I've been watching the the steps. I've watched the blueprint literally um, come to fruition. And I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm literally watching the partners and the players that are uh, helping facilitate this with Tati. And um, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. It's dope to see so many people in the city. Um, I'll put th- – let me say this. I'll say in the city, but for anybody who's unfamiliar, in Los Angeles County, all of the surrounding cities, whether it be Inglewood, Compton, Gardena, Long Beach, uh, South Central L.A., East L.A., um, Torrance, Hawthorne, just literally everybody out there. I've literally seen people from different places all pull together for Center for the Young and Gifted. It's amazing. I've seen people from across state lines help out with Center for the Young and Gifted. So shout out to Tatiana Jordan and her initiative that she has going on there. Uh, we haven't gotten to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights yet, but that game did just drop the puck. I think we're, what, two minutes into the game, Celine? I can't see, bro. My yeah, eyes. about two oh. minutes in. Two minutes in, so – yeah, man, and we're already <laughs> in the Arizona power play. So that's what this Vegas go to night season has been. Salim, just tell me real quick before we even get into basketball. Is it time to panic about the uh, Knights? No, I don't think so. All right, so here's the deal. Before we even get into the NBA talk, I, I asked myself that question. And then I told myself exactly what you told me. And then I still started to panic. What does that tell you? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. We gonna be here until about probably the start of the third uh, period. You let me know by the start of the third period if I should start panicking. All right. I'll let you know. That's a bet. Uh, so let's talk about the NBA. Let's go ahead and first of all, I want to say shout out to my dog Jerry. As always, goes of LA. This that's out there now comes from Jerry. So again. If you need anything in terms of, I mentioned the city, and you talk about clothes, we talk about apparel, we talk about simplicity is key, go to Goals of L.A. Uh, shout out to Jerry. He sent me something, and I said, this is perfect. I got to use this as a that's out there now. Celine, remember how I told you guys it doesn't matter which point guard you give me, even if it's today, 
if you give me a chance to take any point guard in the league, but I get to build out the rest of my team, mm-hmm. I'm taking Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, how, who could argue with you? I mean, look at the uh, – People have argued with me, Salim. Well, you know, everybody has bad opinions, I guess, from time to time. But Can we revisit something that you told me not to? And I just want to see if it still stands true. Do you still feel like you guys shouldn't have came off a Tyler Hero for Chris Paul? Uh, yeah, I still think that. Good man. Yeah. Good man. Because I would have sent Tyler Hero packing. And I think Tyler Hero is going to ball. But I want Chris Paul. Um, to be honest, considering, and I'll say this. Because of the fact that the Nets, if they are fully healthy, exist, and the Sixers exist in their current iteration, and the Bucks exist, even if you add CP3 to this team, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think they make it to the finals. To your team? Yeah. Wait, but who are you taking away? So you're taking away Tyler Hero. Taking away Tyler Hero. And to not Duncan. Uh, you're not getting both. No, hell no. Okay, so which they one? Gotta, you got to pick one. So I'm to get ship Tyler. Probably, yeah, I guess. Give me a give me a wing defender. Um, give me Avery's already gone, so give me give me Trevor, give me Dre. Do you consider Precious Precious a uh, wing not, defender, even though not, he's a center? They're not like I said, man. Coming off Harold's enough. Like they would just throw really? in, like, dude, like the Heat love Harold, and he's but, starting to play. But a lot the better. rest of the league might not. Well, I mean, if they want him, they're gonna. That's have what you to, gotta do. You know what I mean? Even so you think Tyler Hero would be the biggest name in that deal? Oh, not Chris Paul, but the biggest name on Miami's in from that deal. Yeah, yeah. Tyler's uh, starting to play really well now. True, but I don't think he. I don't think the trade would have got done with just Tyler Hero and what well, three no, picks. Well, they have to make salary work. Um, because Chris Paul's making a lot of money and Tyler Very Hero's true. not. It's, it mostly comes back to age, and Miami wants to win now, of course. All right. If Pat Riley thought if you add Chris Paul to this team, they're going to win the championship, he would have done it. And I don't, as much of a Heat homer as I am, I don't think they would have, especially this current iteration of the Heat. I've watched a lot of games this year. Not every single game, but most. Even if you add CP3, this team's got a lot of problems. I I just don't think uh, it'd be. If Chris Paul was 32, sure. You, you You mentioned that before. You mentioned age. The age thing is really difficult. Like, yeah, he's held up well, but at the end of the day, father time does come for us all. And he did have injuries before. Granted, he's had, what, two and a half Yeah, years hopefully, you know, he's good. Been pretty healthy. Father time is undefeated. Is he? Yeah. I thought so, but what is LeBron doing? LeBron's 36, and 36 you can still if you're LeBron. But at the end of the day, like, we all. LeBron's 36 is like everybody else is what, like 28? Yeah. If I mean LeBron's thirty six is still like uh like best of all time kind of. Have you had your equivalent of your th- LeBron thirty six year yet? No. Like, how old are we? And have we even had that peak yet? LeBron is awesome, bro. Bro, I've told you guys before. LeBron will be thirty seven in about eight months, and man, I've told you guys before. I never saw Jordan play, so watching Kobe play just gave me a different energy that I have never had since. So that's my GOAT that I've ever seen because of that feeling that he gave. 
Um, but like I said before, if somebody's going to tell me that the greatest basketball player to ever live is Michael Jordan or LeBron James, what do you want me to say to that, fam? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the problem with trying to rank. Ranking in general, like whether it's sports or music, is so difficult, man. Oh, for sure. Especially considering the history. And how deep it goes back. Because yeah. if my dad sit there and tell me that Kareem is the best, what am I do? Tell my daddy's wrong? Yeah, so it's like, you know, let everybody have their thing. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to defend myself continuously because I continue to tell people, yes, I love Russell Westbrook. I think Kyrie Irving might be the best skilled point guard in the game. So what, fam? If you give me the opportunity to take every point guard, any point guard in the league, shot the Dame, I'm taking Chris Paul. I mean, and the reason I'm taking Steph for right now. I'm taking Chris Paul still. Steph is, Steph is going bonkers right now. 37, <laughs> 50, 40, 90. Fam, Steph is, Steph is a different human. We're not going to appreciate Steph until Steph is gone. I'm very serious. The moment that Steph retires and we realize that Trey Young is the closest thing that we have to him pulling up from 40 feet, take that back. Dame Lillard. I don't know yeah. why the hell I just did that. But, well, honestly, I let me, let me actually leave that point there. Because what I was going to say was Dame probably will give us – Steph vibes, but I don't think we'll appreciate Dame. Shout out to Trey until we have a Trey Young who's pulling up from 40 feet and not hitting with regularity as Dame and Steph does. That's when I think we'll appreciate Steph when there's not another person in the league that can do what he does and they're pulling up from 40 feet. LaMelo Ball can hit from 35 feet. Right. I don't see him doing it often. Yeah. No. Trey Young can hit from 35 feet. I don't see him doing it often. Yeah, Trey Young, there's a lot of issues there, man. Don't do that. I I, I no, thought Trey was gonna. No no no. I really like Trey Young as an offensive player. You can't hide him on defense. We knew that. Cause look, most point guards in the NBA, they're not good defenders. Yeah. It is what it. The majority, not Absolutely. of course. There's exceptions. No, you're 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 pretty spot on. But there's a difference between most being, starters for sure are bad. Mo, there's a difference between being below average and passable, and being what Trey Young is, which is probably the worst defender in the NBA. Or one of them. He's all, like, man, even the casual eye who doesn't really pay attention, they'll watch a game and be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you said probably the worst defender. And once you said that, I kind of just started thinking, and you might be right. He's like, and I like Trey Young as an offensive player. I don't, we're getting off topic. But is Jabari Parker playing? No. Okay. Um, He's a, <laughs> remember what he said? I, they don't pay I, me to hey, play defense. Man, I. So when Chris Paul, <laughs> so before Chris Paul got to the Hornets, the Hornets had, and this is what the, that's out there now is. Let's talk about team win percentages, and we're talking about team win percentages pre Chris Paul and post Chris Paul. You ready? Yeah. Let's do this real quick. The Hornets, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Suns. Five teams. I'm gonna go through them one more time. The Hornets, the Clippers, the Rockets. The Thunder and the Suns. Salim, which team do you think benefited the most from Chris Paul? Which team do you think made the biggest jump when Chris Paul was there? The Clippers. But all of them, you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, who could argue with the Clippers from turning the Clippers what they were into what they became? And that's the eye test, right? I mean, record-wise, I'm sure it's probably maybe Phoenix because they were – like, look at where they are now, first or second seed. I forget. Um, You're on to something. 
So, so what I'll do is I knew that this math was wrong, so I need to redo this one. But okay, cool. So it's one twenty-two. So, all right, you ready for it? I'm ready. All right, let's start with the Hornets. So the Hornets, before Chris Paul got there, had a win percentage of point. Oh, I, I forgot oh. you mentioned the Hornets. So you got them? Uh, give me the numbers. I I, I still think it's kind of the Clippers. Think it's the Clippers. Okay. Again, that's like I don't know if it's numbers based, but that's just like my uh, my like uh, I don't know how you put it. He changed the entire culture. Oh, for sure. Well, I think when you look at this, when you look at these five teams, Chris Paul might have changed the culture of what three? Yeah, no, he, yeah. The Hornets, the Clippers, and the Suns. All right, so let's do this. Before he got to the Hornets, they had a .220 win percentage. Once Chris Paul arrived, they had a .463. With the Clippers, before he got there, they had a win percentage of .390. Post Chris Paul, they had a .606. The Rockets had a win percentage of .671. In the season before. Pre-Chris right? Paul. This the first season before. Post Chris Paul, .793. The Thunder, their win percentage was .598. Pre Chris Paul, post Chris Paul, .611. And lastly, for the Phoenix Suns, before Chris Paul took over, they were .466 in terms of win percentage, and now they're sitting at .720. He's he's uh that's why I like like I would personally right now take Steph but if you take CP3 I'm not gonna like argue it's just like a matter of uh, preference. So in terms of the biggest percentage I'm gonna give you guys from the largest to the smallest because I want to end with the smallest for a reason because we're talking about appreciation right? right right we open this up by talking about DMX long live we're talking about Chris Paul's appreciation now. I want to get to somebody else's appreciation after this. So, who did you say was the largest? The Clippers was the largest jump that you said. Oh, no, you said you forgot the Hornets. So, which Number, one? And then you did mention Phoenix, too, because they went from, wise, what, second? aside, I just feel like in terms of changing, like, an entire dynamic. Because the Clippers before Chris Paul, I mean, yeah, the, the first year with BG, uh, with BG and then uh, Eric Gordon. Mm -hmm. Cool, but, like, the Clippers prior – to the Clippers after, I mean, he even to this day, like this wouldn't have happened without Chris Paul going there. Not at all. Like Kawhi and Paul George would not be would not be there without Chris Paul laying that foundation in 2012. You might be onto something. So that's just my opinion. Again, as far as numbers go, I mean, the, the Phoenix number is crazy in terms of jump. And that is the largest jump. That's the largest jump at uh, that increase was .254. The closest, next closest after that is the Hornets, .243. After that, goes Clippers. So you got the top three. The third one is the Clippers. That's .26, two, excuse me, .216. You ready for these last two numbers? Mm. It's the Rockets and the Thunder. The Rockets win percentage increased by .112. Or excuse me, .122. Right. Here's the last one. The Thunder's win percentage, and nobody expected the Thunder to be that way, right? 
he increased their win percentage by point zero one three. You know what that tells me? That the love that Chris Paul got for dragging that team. We understand that the team didn't look the same the year prior to. But why does Russell Westbrook not get more flowers? People really dislike that guy, and I, I to this day, I don't get it. I've met Russ twice, I believe, and I can't – I don't know – what you don't, what people don't like about him. Regardless, I mean, the guy is still having a really good season this year, too. Yes. Like, even on off shooting nights, he's going to give you like 14. He's going to do that. 14, 15 assists, and 11 rebounds. Like, yeah. So, I mean, for me, Russ is, I, I'm a big Russ fan. He might be one of my favorite, he is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Oh, 100%. So, 100%. Uh, that's, you know, that's where I'm current, currently am. You know? I just think it's amazing that when we when we list off these numbers that are all amazing for Chris Paul, the team that had the largest or the the smallest jump is a team that was previously headed by Russell Westbrook. I just don't think that 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 means that Russell deserves some more flowers as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He gets uh, way too much flack. Again, we're thirteen minutes, almost thirteen minutes into the um. Why am I blanking? Arizona. I almost said Minnesota. Uh, into the Arizona-Vegas go-to-night game, of course, from the Fortress here at the T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. Salim, I didn't write it down. Can you pull up the NBA standings? Yes. I didn't write it down because I was watching the Laker game last night, and I was like, let's, let's let the let's, uh, rest of these games finish before I write these out. Um, the Nuggets are up seven on the Celtics right now, 57 to 50. What is that? A night? Maybe two nights. I think it's a night after um, yeah, Jason, Jason Tatum drops 53. All right, I got the standings up. All right, talk to me. Give me give me one of the uh, conferences first. You talk to me. I need matchups. So give me the one and then give me the eight. So for right now, Utah would be playing Memphis. Phoenix would be playing Dallas, which I would be so happy about. That would be amazing. I might, I might need you to. My bad. I might need you to slow it down because I am writing, and we're gonna oh, go. Okay. We're gonna go one by one on these. Yeah. So Utah versus Memphis, Phoenix versus Dallas, hmm. Clippers versus Blazers. Real quick, if you're Steve Nash, what are you doing? Ooh. Oh, I'm going for the for the Suns because that's where your MVPs were, right? Yeah, that's where his like. I mean, he's known in Dallas as you know the guy that uh, Mark Cuban wouldn't pay. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. I uh, guess you got a point. Clippers, Blazers, three six. That's the one. That's a great matchup. That's the one for me. Bro. And then uh, last one is Denver and the Lakers. All right, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to go ahead and break this first one down before we get to the East? Uh, Yeah. Yeah? All right, bet. Lakers are fourth or Denver's fourth? Uh, Denver's fourth. Denver's fourth. All right, cool. So where do you want to start? Um, Breaking down every single series, both that? the West and the East, would take a while. Okay. So let's let's take two out of each conference that we like the most. Bet. So I'm gonna say, what I see right now that I like the most is Dallas and Phoenix, and Portland and the Clippers. Yes. So we can two, talk bro. about those real quick before we move on to the East. I'm gonna let you talk. Yo, I'm gonna let you do it. Okay. My only point is about LeBron, and I'll get to mine in a second. So Dallas and Phoenix. Um, Dallas is a really good team. Like they are seven and three. In their last 10, um, 
I think they could give Phoenix a run for their money in the first round. I think that series goes goes seven, honestly. Can I tell you something that Mark Cuban told me? What? I'm sorry, guys. This They added fans in this beautiful clubhouse, and we've been so thankful for it. And today, they're drying my eyes out, but it's too hot to cut them off. My allergies are killing me today, guys. Sorry. Um, Mark Cuban told me. Uh, actually, let me say this. When I posted that video of Mark Cuban, when I said uh, shot to Mark Cuban, I forgot exactly what it was for, but I posted that video where I was interviewing him. If you listen closely to the video, you can kind of hear what I was what I was talking to him about. I told him everybody's talking about the Lakers. Of course, they go out and get Anthony Davis. Everybody's talking about the Clippers. They go out and get uh, Kawhi and Paul George. I said, I think a lot of people aren't talking about your team. I think at the time it was Seth Curry. It was just certain moves that was being made, and I was like, fam. Nobody's talking about you. Mark Cuban said, well, they never do. He said, but we never intend to win the offseason. That's it. In a series like that, let, let's say Chris Stops is fully out. Let's say everybody on both sides, all the key players are healthy. I think it goes seven. I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas wins. Dallas is 29 and 22 right now. Um, Phoenix is 37 and 15. Obviously, it's a big difference. However, uh, Luca, as we saw in the playoffs last year, and just, you know, every Get day, minimal. every day. Um, I don't know. That series, it's it's kind of interesting because you'd have DeAndre Ayton would be key. Yes, very. Um, in terms of if Maxi Kleber is hitting his threes yes. and Chris Stops is hitting them and Jalen Brunson's playing well. Dorian Finney-Smith, if he's knocking down his he, threes even. If Tim Hardaway Jr. continues to be Tim Hardaway Jr., let me tell you, that's going to be a tough, tough – and I think this, and Zach Lowe said this the other day, Phoenix is very good. He wonders, and I agree with him here, how much better they can get in the playoffs. Because here's the thing with Chris Paul. He is maniacal. Very. <laughs> Chris Paul is uh, – Chris Ball, even during the regular season, he's trying to win every single game. He's going to, like, if you have your jersey untucked, he's going to go. <laughs> yes. He's going to go. I don't know how much better Phoenix can get. I don't think they can get any better. Not to say they're not a, they're 37 and yeah, 15. Yeah, that, that means something. I don't think they have another gear. So let me ask you a question really quick, uh, and then you can get to, you said the Clippers in Portland, right? Yeah. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., have you just, have you just accepted what I have, that Tim Hardaway Jr. is one of those shooters. When he's hot, he's J.R. Smith-ish. But when yeah. he's cold, it's like, oh, yeah. oh it's went, ugly, yeah. bro. He's either going to give you like 80% from the three-point line or like 10%. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to be the only one, but I feel like when he when I see his line, he's either 8 for 12 from the field or 3 from 12. Like, there's no in-between. If they get – if Dallas just gets a good performance from all of their guys, like from like the, the supporting cast – and we know pretty much what we're going to get from Luca and Kristaps uh, if they're healthy. Yeah. They're, I think their their playoff ceiling is just a little bit higher. I think they could take it to another gear. Luca in the playoffs? I'm not going to be mad at you. I just think that we're also limiting the height. Well, people don't talk about it enough, but Chris Paul is still a menace on defense. Uh, oh, there's still is. a gentleman there by the name of Jay Crowder who can play some defense. Um, Michael Bridges, Michael Bridges, excuse yeah, me, might, can play he's defense. One of the best defenders in the NBA, great. And people don't talk no, about it. No, it would him. be a seven-game series, in my opinion. 
So that's why, again, if I told Mark Cuban and I felt like that was the do you know what I mean? The team that won the offseason only because, of course, if you get AD, you win. Of course, if you get Kawhi Leonard, you win. I'm talking about the best of the rest. And um, So I'm never going to argue with you on that one. Uh, talk to me about the Clippers in Portland. So the uh, Portland is currently 31-21. and 21, Right. Right? Really good record. Here's something very interesting, and this goes to show you just the clutch levels of Dame. <laughs> they have a negative .01 Negative point one uh, point differential. <laughs> that is not good. And you're ten games over five hundred. You're ten. That's why. That's how clutch Dame has been. They win a lot of close games. Can we? Can, let's let's do it real quick. Let's think of some of the game winners that Dame has hit this year. He hit one against Toronto. Uh, Chicago. He hit one against Chicago. Even like in games where he doesn't hit game winners, he just takes over in the end, even if he's having. Well, hell, game winners are considered what? If you go to ESPN, game winners are considered. Oh yeah, that's true. I, what? But I just mean games like taking of... over late, like in general. And who's better besides him and him or him and him or Chris Paul? Yeah, exactly. Last two minutes, who do you want? Uh, Dame. I ain't gonna just hold you. I, I, if I can get CP for the first forty-six, but the last two you give me Dame, I'm taking. Yeah. It. So I mean. Right now, and uh, they score about 115 points a game, and they let up 115.1. Their defense is not good. However, in a playoff series, if Nurk is back, and Ina, I mean, Ina's can't there at 30 boards last night, 24 and 30. We know about his defensive limitations, but on the offensive glass and on the paint. That's where I was going. He's underrated, but he, he doesn't defend. It goes farther than not defending. He's horrific on that end. Um, but nonetheless, I'll say this. I like this Clippers. I think they're going to win. I think the Clippers win in six. I'm more inclined to flip those with you. I think Phoenix moves on, and I think Portland could. Portland, uh, it wouldn't sh- actually, no, it would surprise me if they won the series just because of their defense and the fact that. True, true, true. Man, uh, the Clippers, 0.7 or 0.68 point differential. They're playing great recently. Paul George looks really good right now. For what it's worth, should the Portland Trailblazers have been eighth last season? What happened? Should they have been eighth last season, in your opinion, when you watched the way that that team played? They played – I don't know how to put this. (laughs) They uh, They benefited from coronavirus. So let's say this. Dame Memphis got screwed. Yes. Dame had to elevate his skills. And we talk a lot about teams kicking and screaming, dragging teams kicking and screaming. Dame did a lot yeah. last year in that bubble that made me realize even more so than we knew already, Dame is a little different when he sets his mind to something. Of course he set his mind to a championship. That's a little different by that. I mean, by what I mean, because it's not always on him to win a championship. But it can be on Dame to win a game and or a series. Are we underestimating his dislike for Patrick Beverly enough to go off in a seven-game series? I don't know that he He's going to go bro. off regardless, I think. Uh, but I, I just – I think as a team, look, defense matters. Defense matter, like especially in the playoffs, late in games. We're seeing it now, even now at the Lakers. There's a reason 
why, despite everything, they're still holding water. They're the top five defense. Their defense is excellent. Shout out to Frank Vogel. Yeah, exactly. They give up only 105.8 points per game. Best in the Western Conference. And that's actually where I was going to go with my point, and we can go ahead and hop over to the East where we got 20 minutes left in the show. Um, LeBron, that was my point. When you said we get we get two, I was like, oh, I bet. You get two games, I get the other two games. But then I thought about what you said, and I was like, oh, well, if I only get one thing to say about this side, basically, I'm going to say LeBron James. You want to know why? Because this is what I see. <laughs> I see the playoff bracket, and you just picked the two games at the bottom. You want to know why you didn't pick the two games at the top? Why? Because it doesn't matter. Because LeBron James currently is matched up with the Denver Nuggets, who I do not believe he fears. Like I was telling my dad on the phone last night, every time LeBron James sees MVP candidate Nikola Jokic, he's going to run a pick and roll. So I told my dad, once that happens, Denver would be lucky to get six games. To get to six games. I don't even know if we're going to see that series because I think uh – I think there's going to be some shake up there. I don't know how much is going to move up there, and I'm going to tell you why, because I feel like LeBron is I, – I don't think he's healthy, but I do think that there's no rush to come back because I'm looking at where I'm seated. Now, Kenyon Oblast, shout out to KO. He's not going to like this. Justice is going to love it. I don't think there's any team that LeBron wants to see more in the second round than Utah. Utah would be very interesting. I don't want to be that guy, bro, but I've been here before. And I remember Toronto being a number one seed and me saying, oh, they're going to they're gonna do something. Oh, they're the number one seed. Oh, now Brian got to go to them. Brian got to go to the north. Brian got to – it didn't matter to LeBron James. Yeah. Neither does Utah. I think, me personally, I think that first round series against Denver goes maybe five or six. I think that second round could be a sweep. Uh. I'll say this. Right now, Portland is about one and a half games back of L.A., of the Lakers. If the Lakers were to fall to the mm. sixth seed, mm. their first-round matchup would be against the Clippers. Talk to me. I want that so badly. In the first round? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. But we're going to get a trash Western Conference Finals probably. I mean, I have, a, I have a different opinion of the Nuggets and the Jazz than you do, I guess. Because I'm a... I'm a huge fan of those teams. Not like personally, like I, I root for the, like. No, no. I shout out to the Denver Nuggets. I do think they're a great team. I think LeBron James. I think Denver would do great against everybody else in this bracket. I do. Not uh, name LeBron James. To be honest, I think I think with a healthy LeBron and AD, that series goes seven. With Denver. With Aaron Gordon in the fold now and Jamal Murray heating up, I, I yeah. I hate to say it, bro. I don't. I really don't. Well, I guess we'll six is good. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So if it went seven, I'm not gonna look at you and be like, "Oh, I was you were way off." I'm not gonna do that. I mean, look, I wouldn't be shocked uh, if Denver won that series. I'm gonna be honest. That's how high I am on Denver. You got me. So let's talk about the let's East. Talk about the East. Yeah, I'll take two from the uh, from the East this time. Okay. <clears throat> Philly and New York. Why is my pen trip? Okay. So we got the one eight matchup, Philly and New York. I mean, they're Philly and uh, and then Brooklyn and the Celtics two seven. Although Brooklyn and Philly are tied for the first record right now. Okay, you said and who who's seventh? I'm sorry. Uh, Boston. Oh okay. Milwaukee and Miami three six. And my personal favorite, if if Lamelo is healthy, 
Atlanta and Charlotte. I think that'll be a classic series if LaMelo's healthy. Can I ask why? You don't want to see, like, Trey Young, LaMelo, like, uh, I don't know, man. There's so much talent on those teams. I think those teams are so evenly matched. Uh, Is LaMelo guarding Trey Young? I think they put uh, Scary Terry on Trey, and I don't think they'll just – I think they're going to crowd Trey and force him to uh, turn the ball over, as he's known to do. P.J. Washington against John Collins would be interesting. No, I think that Atlanta-Charlotte series would be fantastic. That's why I'll let you get your bars off, because that's not one of the two that I'm picking, so I'm going to let you just get your bars off. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that one, and then I guess you can go for your two. Um, I guess the other thing I'm going to mention is that it would be very, very nice to see the New York Knicks back in the postseason, because I'm not picking that series either. Yeah. I so let's talk about these last two. <laughs> let's talk about this 3-6 matchup and this 2-7 matchup, the same thing you did over in the West. Uh, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with the two seven matchup. Remember at the beginning of the year when Kyrie Irving, <laughs> when Kyrie Irving, saged the TD Garden before playing. Yeah, that was hilarious. I saged my house. I told you that. I I saged. I don't think I've saged this room, but I saged where I'm gonna be. It's factual. If you know anything about sage, people be like, oh, it's a ritual. It's a da -da -da. call it what you want. I'm clearing my space. Like, you could call it what you want. So, can we imagine what ritual Kyrie would have in his back pocket for a seven-game series against Boston? Seven, I think he might care. Seven games? It, are, are like That's the, more so wishful thinking. Are the Nets, like, all healthy? I don't know, bro. If I don't, don't, don't want to put injuries on people. All I'm going to say is that I want that series to go as long as possible. I don't think it will. If KD, <laughs> James, and Kyrie are healthy, I think that series goes four or five. Fam, it's going to go five. I hate to say it. Oh, and that's only because Jason Tatum is in Jalen and or Jalen Brown gonna have a game is strong enough to get you one. Where they both go off. Like, but even if, even if Jalen goes off and Jason doesn't, Jalen's good enough to get them a win. Jason's good enough to get them a win without Jalen. However, only one. Here's my only issue. Who's Kimba guarding? Because even if Kimba is guarding Joe Harris – Guess who's shooting the ball 15 times? Yeah, no, there's – even the most optimistic Celtics fan will be hard-pressed to give them more than six and with a healthy Nets team. I'm hoping it goes seven, only because I just want the drama, man. I Honestly, I want to see a first round, even though it won't be, like, that competitive. Knicks-Nets, just for, like, the New York thing. That's what I want to see. Me, personally, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I would rather see and the Boston, Knicks and Boston-Philly? Sure. I mean, I, granted, I, for whatever it's worth, I have done my history, but – I don't think we would get the same one. Uh, like I understand the history of the Boston of the Boston Celtics uh, Philadelphia 76 rivalry. I don't know if we would get a good one this year. I just don't. No, bro. no, no. I, look, Boston this year. I mean, I don't think they're giving any of the top three a run for their money. But see, but that's my only thing, bro. I don't know because if they, I do think. I don't want to sound like that. From being around them a little bit, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they embody. They partially embody what this media company stands for. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of them, on top of why can't we beat the Nets, why can't we beat the Nets, why can't we beat the Nets, also turns into, fam, I'm not losing to Kyrie. Maybe so, but you might lose to Kevin Durant and James Harden. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> All right, man, let's talk about this last one, man. This last one is, of course, your team, and it's a 3-6 matchup. Uh, we know that Giannis is super loyal, da-da-da-da, all of these different things. I think here's where the going gets tough. I think if they see a first-round exit at the hands of the Miami Heat, Giannis wants out. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't blame him. I think Milwaukee's going to be very angry about what happened uh, last year. This Miami team is not the same team as they were last year. They're having so many, just so many issues. You can't even go through them. Like, number one, injuries. They never have, like, a full team. Now, uh, I have a question about Jimmy Butler, too. Please don't let me forget. Yeah, Jimmy's been (coughs) healthy. I mean, early in the season, he missed three weeks. You want me to ask now? With COVID? Who, Who do you trust more in the league than Jimmy Butler? Nobody. I, I, I trust Bron. I trust Chris Paul. I don't know who I trust more than Jimmy Butler. What I mean by that is Jimmy Butler can can give you 12 points in a win, but he has 11 rebounds, six assists, five steals. Yeah, no. he. I think that series – I don't know. I, I, I just don't know because Miami is so hit or miss this year. We play True. Portland tonight at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Portland. I so the that. game's on NBA TV. I want to watch it. That'll be a good game, I think. Um, hopefully Tyler plays tonight. I think he has some foot soreness. Whatever it's worth, I just said who is Kemba Walker going to uh, guard, and that's what the Nuggets were thinking because they just literally ISOed Will Barton, who if you, you guys know anything about Will Barton, that's not necessarily the person that you want to ISO. And he just ISOed on Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker got the strip, took it the distance, Got the layup and one. Boston, Brooklyn's going seven. Salim said, fam, that's on you. All right, that's the last question I got about um, Jimmy Butler. Games where you guys lose by four and five points, and Jimmy Butler took seven shots. How mad are you? That's the only thing about Jimmy that pisses me off. It depends. I think he's too unselfish at times. It depends how much he gets to the line. He's probably the best or one of the best in the league James Harden. at getting to the line. Yeah, of course, James. Um, so a lot of times, Jimmy will only take like eight or nine shots, but you look at it, he gets the line 11 times. Right. I was just about to say he got 17 points and he only yeah. took seven shots. It's like, how? Yeah. So I think since the All-Star break, I mean, not the All-Star, since the trade deadline, yes, sir. when Duncan Robinson didn't know whether he's been shooting like 55% from three. That's where I was His mind, go with this Tyler's series. been playing a lot better since the deadline. It looks like their minds are clear. Well, we saw it a couple of years ago with Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo. Like, I mean, young players, we see it. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference from last year to this year with Miami, everyone points to Jay Crowder. And I'm not going to say he doesn't make a part, but the biggest difference was Tyler Harrell going from a 40% three-point shooter, or 39, I believe, to 33 and 34. True. And Duncan Robinson going from 45% to 38. And Goran Dragic being hurt. And then I Jimmy. haven't watched a bunch of Miami games. Are they defending them much differently? Uh no, they're just they're missing out. Like, I think it's it was all in their head because they're now at the after the trade deadline they're starting to play a lot better. Hmm. We'll see what happens if the shooting continues. Um, I don't know, man. I like this Heat team. I don't know. Like they've been unhealthy. It's just been a weird season. Let's remember, the Heat finished their season in October. They only had two months rest 
You ain't never lied. The Lakers, who also played until yeah, October. but the Lakers, you know. Dealing with their injuries as well. So, it, you know, it's uh, – Um, I, I'm not going to make any predictions yet until <coughs> we get to, like, the, like, playoffs and to, like, the – Right before the first round, I'll make my predictions. I think we're going to end this with VGK news since the Vegas Golden Night game is on and we're not going to know the final while we're uh, on air. So I want to get to my dad's tip in right now. Again, thank you to Center for the Young and Gifted for sponsoring two weeks of shows. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you to director, CEO, owner, Tatiana Jordan, everybody that's over there at Center for the Young and Gifted. Again, when you tell me, if you tell me that you're going to teach my kid English, Spanish, and Mandarin, fam, where do I sign up? Yeah. I'm trying to go. I want to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my dad's tip in, if you guys are unfamiliar, my dad is a huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan, and that's literally what he started it off by saying. I'm a huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan from way back. I wish nothing but the best to our, t- to our new Tar Heel head coach, Hubert Davis, but I heard him say something in this press conference that I don't know if he, uh, if he, if he even believes it. He stated, I don't feel any pressure because I'm not comparing myself to anybody. Close quote. Even though the Tar Heels have fallen on hard times as of late, inheriting a team that has won six national championships and ranks among college basketball what? Oh, and ranks among college basketball's all-time win leader, wins leader, there is pressure. Not to mention you're following the great Roy Williams, and he also played for the legendary uh legendary Dean Smith, excuse me. Even though he promises to follow the uh, the foundation that was set by Williams and Smith, you can't make me believe that you don't feel pressure. I just hope that he continues the winning tradition and we can someday speak his name when we mention the legendary coaches of the North Carolina Tar Heels. He said, good luck, bro. I have nothing else to add to that. At least about that. Specifically, but I do want to talk about something that happened at the press conference. And Kobe... This isn't even something for you, like, to take the mic per se. If you got something to say, have at it. But I don't know if you heard Hubert Davis's press conference. Did you hear it? So, Hubert Davis, you know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Fam. Fam. Hubert he, he Davis. Was, he's wild for that. It just didn't make – you think his wife told him? If his wife didn't tell him that it was a problem, then that's the problem. Because Kobe would have said it. All right, so here's the deal. So, Kobe, Hubert Davis is the first – black head coach for the North Carolina Tar Heels. That says that says enough in itself. He said during his press conference that I believe he's the either the fourth or the sixth black head coach on campus. He said so he's extremely proud of the fact that he's the first black man to do all of these different things, right? He immediately follows that up with saying that he's extremely proud that his wife is white. Kobe, what does that mean? Sounds like you're proud just because she's white, right? He even offered that he was happy that his kids are a mix of both. Good luck to Hubert Davis, but what the hell? Yeah, not a great start. What the fam? What did you know what I felt like? I felt like that Tyra Banks meme that we were all rooting for you. Like, what are you doing, dog? All right, man, I'm out. I'm off it. I'm off it. Everybody's giving me looks in the room. It's time for me to go. Um, Vegas go tonight. They just ended the first intermission right now. I overshot it. I thought we were going to be able to catch the second one. 
But that first intermission just ended. Celine told me not to panic about a team that's 26-11 and two overall, 54 points. Here's the reason why I'm panicking. Yes, they're second to Colorado, who's 27-9 and four. Of course, they have 58 points. Here's the deal, though. They're tied for the eighth – or, excuse me, they're tied for eighth in the league in terms of overall points. Does that concern you? Let's see. Let's see this next month before the playoffs. I'm I'm adopting a wait and see approach. Being a Marlins fan did that to you, huh? Yeah. Well, at least you got the heat. Um. Anything else? That's it, man. I I'm I'm done for today. I, I tell you, I'm off for two hours of sleep, and I still got a, a podcast to do tonight. So I don't know where my brain is right now, but uh. I do know for a fact that this um, WNBA draft, first of all, I think we're going to see a lot of surprises. I do. I think we're going to see a lot of surprises. Excuse me. This NBA playoffs, same thing. I think we're going to see a lot of surprises. We both literally just talked about both of our um, – or both leagues in terms of basketball, WNBA, and the NBA. I think we're headed towards plenty of shockers over the next couple of months. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the play-in tournament. Maybe we'll talk about that on the next show. But, yeah, man, you wrote down a pod pocket, pod pocket conversation for um, best uniforms. Best uniforms. I'm excited for that. We'll see what happens midweek. Uh, aside from that, Kobe, questions, concerns, comments, gripes? Celine? No. Tell Hubert Davis don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was talking to Celine. <laughs> You're right. He probably would hear it better from you. Actually, let's let's let Kobe email Hubert and say, "Hey, don't do that again." <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's wild for that, but uh, good luck to him. I'm getting out of here before I get in trouble. Uh, until next time, guys. Keep on talking. <laughs>